1: at LuckyLandslots.com Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Good evening and welcome to Sugar and Silk. My name is Ben Doughty and I'm delighted to be joined this evening by my old friend, my good um, chief operating officer of SGM, Shane
2: Watson. Hey man, how's it going? You alright yeah?
0: Yeah, not bad, Shane. Um, before we talk about stuff that's more um, specific to your stable of fighters, um, I take it, I know you've got your finger on the pulse, so I take it you saw Regis Pogre and his somewhat underwhelming performance last night in New Orleans.
2: Yeah, yeah, I watched him. I've followed Regis Progress for a long time, way before the World Boxing Super Series. Um, always thought he was a very talented guy. Actually, I thought he could have got the null against Taylor, to be honest. Um a couple of years ago in that world boxing super series final i thought if it was in one ones if it was in his home territory probably would have won um i think i remember on the night andy clark scoring it four rounds to progois which was a bit alarming i don't think it was that clear of a win but um but yeah no oh uh, yeah the very talented fighter hasn't he's had a bit of a strange career since the world boxing super series final he went and boxed um with Bellum, of course and then where well, he beat taron McKenna in dubai and whatnot then he went and boxed with that really random promoter called Zan for Boxing. And yeah. they were the ones that came in with that crazy purse bid win. And they actually yeah. did pay it up at Venice to them. So, Bruce Progo's a the winner there, I guess. And then... Because uh, he said he hadn't been yeah, paid he, at first, he, right, he,
0: Initially, he said that he hadn't the cheque of
2: bounce, did he say? Yeah, do you know what? It was a little bit... He, he's lucky he didn't get done with, with defamation of, um, defamation there no. because he um, it was quite simple when you wire to um, when you wire from uh, one country to another in america it does take a bit of time like when I, when i have to pay for sparring for joe in america like they, i'll do the transfer but sometimes it'll take about a day to get in like it's not yeah
0: and That's if not be, what you can
2: get you can get the wire as long as you get the wire code you can see that you've been paid yeah so it's like it's no bullshit yeah. and he just panicked and went on social media and did all that stuff which is quite damaging because if I was a fighter and I've seen Regis progress, said that, and they came with me with an offer, you're going to naturally be a bit scared to go and work with them, aren't you?
0: I don't think Frank Warren would have swallowed that. Somebody saying on on you know to the world that I've I've not been paid if my check has bounced or whatever or just I, it hasn't cleared.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, like you could have easily checked with his team for a lot first and gave it a couple of days, then you can start you know throwing allegations around and and putting pressure on them, but. Do it on the day that they said that they were going to pay you when they sent you a wire code. I think it's a little bit harsh, <laughs> but yeah. Each their but yeah. On the performance yesterday, I am a bit surprised. I mean, Zulu was a nightmare of a starter boxer and I mean, he's not. You wouldn't. You wouldn't hand. You wouldn't really want to hand pick someone like that for your guys if I would. You. I mean, he's not. Oh. And I mean, even though a split, you'd think a guy that no one's really heard of before losing a split decision in a fight, but he could have maybe have won as well. You would have thought that would have really done his stock the world of good, wouldn't you? Looking on the outside, But if have actually watched a fight. Who's going to want to want to fight that guy moving forward? He's going to be, he's an absolute nightmare to fight, isn't he? Not the most pleasing on the eye either.
0: Well, I think he's probably, he's like a, like a man in Galloway, but with a punch, which, you know, like that really, I suppose, qualifies him as that chairman of the Who Needs Him Club, as Reg Gutteridge used to, used to put it. But yeah, I mean, I, I accept the fact that Regis Pagray is a better fighter than you might have thought last night, if that was the only time you'd seen him. And, you know, that he just had a style where a guy constantly was going backwards, unorthodox, unpredictable, and he could whack a little bit, couldn't he? Um, I yeah. think um, it's interesting because it, I see that uh, Oscar De La Hoya, who's made a few forthright statements lately on Twitter, he said, another shit show from Eddie Hearn in the US. And somebody else replied, you know, now nah, come on, Oscar, what are you talking about? Wake up, he's the best promoter out there. And Oscar just responded in the UK, he is, but in the US, he's shit, which is, it's a little, it does seem a little bit unprofessional for De La Hoya to be free swinging like that. And it, it does read more like fanboy sort of comments. I don't know what your take on, on that particular
2: thing. It's situation. weird that even man is slagging each other off. They both got to deal with the zone. So they share the same broadcaster. Then you're kind of slagging off the broadcaster as well, right? That you're working with. Yes. Because if you're saying their shows are shit, you're saying that that channel is putting on shit shows, right? So. It's a little bit of a conflict of interest, in my opinion. If anything, they should be working quite closely together to get the best fights possible for their the channel that are paying them, essentially. So uh, I do find it a bit strange. There's obviously a bit of jealousy there um, from Oscar De La Hoya's side because it seems to be him that keeps piping up with all these comments. It's him with the lawsuits of these fighters and it's him that keeps losing these stars. So, um, I mean, Eddie's lost a few good fighters as of late as well, but... Um, but, yeah, I find it weird that Oscar De La Hoya was saying stuff like that. And, and the same vice versa when um they share the same broadcaster. And, listen, you can say Eddie Hand's the best promoter in the UK, but Frank Warren's an unbelievable year, isn't he? Unbelievable year and a half, two years with BT. So. The
0: thing is, Warren, the thing about Warren is he is so tenacious. People, about 10 years ago, people were kind of reporting a change of the guard, a la Mickey, Mickey, when, when Frank Warren kind of dislodged the cartel of Mickey Duff and Terry Lawless and Mike Barrett and, and, and Jarvis Astaire. And they were kind of writing Warren's obituary over 10 years ago saying there's been a change in the guard. It happens every 30 years or so. And now it's, it's Matt Trum all the way. And it didn't quite pan out that way, did it? I mean, Eddie's been in pole position for no. a while. But Frank Frank has been a serious global market player the whole time. And and whenever the thing about Frank Warren, which makes him so... I think makes him so admirable, whatever anybody thinks of him personally, is that he always finds something to stay relevant and to stay in the game. To, at all costs, Frank will stay in there pitching, still swinging. You know what I mean?
2: Quite an exclusive deal with BT Sports. I mean, his son, George Warren, is an exceptional job at BT at the moment. And I think the public have actually taken a bit of a warming to him because he's been quite upfront and honest in his interviews. Not much bullshit coming from him and whatnot, whether you like it or not, but at least he's coming out there and saying as it is. Um, and they put on some great shows over the past year and a half. Really, compared to some others and some previous years. I mean, you've had Joyce Parker, Joyce Zhang. You've had, I mean, Fury White before. I know Fury Shizura always a bit underwhelming, but you've had Ryder Parker. You've had some, you know, some good fights, man. And Frank Warren's pulled out of the bag with some big shows. Um, over the past couple of years in BT, and he's really been putting on some good fights. And he was unlucky with. Parker Andrade, that was set to sell out um, Pride Park and Derby and stuff. So he's done well, man. He's he's done really well. Um, obviously, he's got some big fights coming through as well. Um, they're doing well. They're doing really well. I think there's still a lot more they can do as well. But but yeah, like Frank Warrens. You know, with Frank Warren, he's so experienced, man. He's been around since like almost well. How long has he been in boxing 1980. now? So 40 years. Nineteen
0: eighty. Yeah. He started in
2: yeah, Nineteen eighty, man. Like he he, he knows. He would have known Mucho Simmons' dad very well. He would have, like, he's well in there with the WBO. He's, he's so respected. And you know what? He knows how to play the tricks. Like, he, have, he knows the board. He knows everyone. Like The guy is just a very experienced, very tough, very uh, strong-hearted man. And you know what? He's still so passionate about boxing. I was actually at... Um, unfortunately, as of late, he's had a few health problems like, with his back and stuff, like problems with his back, and in and out of an operations. And I've actually been worried about him a few times because... You know, he is getting older and I know obviously um I believe when he got shot did he not lose half of his lung or something? He did. Um So yeah, like obviously as you get older I can imagine these these things play a bigger part in your health but when like I was at the uh, York Hall show the other day I had Tommy Fletcher on there yeah. and um Frank had just coming out of nowhere George wasn't there I'm not sure why but Frank was just coming out of nowhere and he was still so passionate man from the opening bell he was just shouting giving advice and whatnot really getting involved and you know what, I'd always have a lot of respect for Frank Warren. Like what he's done for British boxing, yeah, you've had some negative comments in the past, whether they're true or not, it remains to be seen. But what he's done for British boxing, you've got to think that sometimes he was really flying the flag of British boxing. I don't know what we'd have done without him at a certain certain So,
0: No, he's yeah, done, yeah, no question it. he's a legend. And I think it, his success story, to me, is so much more interesting than that of an Eddie Hearn, for instance, because it came because it was organic and it came from the streets and, you know, and I love the whole romance of CD romance of Frank Warren's early story, you know, with the coming from the unlicensed scene. He was invited uh, to take out a license by the board because essentially they wanted him piss- in the tent pissing out rather than the other way around, you know. But I don't know if you know that his first promotion, he, he had this very ambitious idea he was going to put these two world rated heavyweights on in London. Um, they were Jerry, the Bull Martin, and Otis Gordon, and he thought this was going to be a great. He thought it was good. He had visions of it being like the, the Fed Spencer, Leo, Otis Martin Classic at the Royal Albert Hall in 1968. And obviously, he had limited options of what fights he could use because the cartel had all the stars of British well, boxing. Well, he had the London, he had the think. London Arena
2: back in the day, didn't he?
0: Well, that's shooting forward a little bit, but yeah, when he came in in 1980, at the tail end of 1980. He got the blooms request Hotel. He had a deal with them. To, he did a lot of his early promotions. And he put these two American fringe, like, headwork contenders on. But it bombed. He said nobody came. And it was pretty much of a boring fight. But he learnt from it. You know, he, he did a whole load of money on it as well. But, obviously, got it together again and regrouped. So, you know, but I mean, Frank has, has done it the hard way. I mean, he did the London Arena thing. It was interesting because just at the point when he was doing that deal and looking and looking to go to the next level, that's when he got shot, you know, in November 1989. And I think he said some of the banks pulled out. And the way he put it in classic Frank Star was, banks don't like their clients getting shot. He said that, you know, that was a bit of a, if not a taboo, it was frowned upon, you know. So that um, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, a less tenacious, less driven, less passionate man could have been finished by being shot. At that moment, you know, um, it's, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Shane. Uh, it's a sensitive subject to this day, but it's always fascinated me. It's none of my damn business. And it's always fascinated me, that whole saga. Because I don't necessarily believe it was the man who everybody says it was.
2: I we, in, spoke about, about it. we spoke about it during that day, didn't we? When you had him down in um, the steel, what's that place called again? The
0: steel yard. Yeah. Oh, you were, there. You, yeah, okay, yeah. you were there. You were there with Terry Marsh. Um, but you were there that night. I remember. Uh, all right, go on. I mean, we're fuck it. We let podcasts are supposed to be entertaining at the end of the day. I've got nothing to sue anyway. You might be in a different position because you've done well, so I don't know. But do you, what was <laughs> your impression? Can I ask you? I, I, I tend to believe Terry when he says he didn't do it. I, I, he convinces me that he there was no love loss. I think mean, mean, right,
2: it was, I think, what, what year? what year did this happen again?
0: November 1989, November the 30th, 1989.
2: Yeah, that was six March. years before I was born, right? So if I'm being honest, to give a real detailed opinion on it, it I would definitely not be the best person to go to just because, number one, I met the man, well, I'm trying to do a bit of quick maths here, well, about 20 year, well, twenty years after he supposedly had done it, whatever it was, like, yeah. so if, if he had or hadn't done I'm sure he'd be able to convince me by then that he hadn't done because he had 20 years I, to think about. That's him, a fair point. Get, you're not necessarily the right, same man. person. I, I hear what you're saying.
0: You're not necessarily the same person 20 years later. Yeah, and I mean, he's so, an
2: intelligent guy as well. He, what did he what did he do after that where he got, where they said he was a whistleblower and whatnot and got rid of him? He, he had quite a good job, didn't he? I can't remember what it was. He worked in the city, didn't he, Terry Marsh? Terry
0: Marsh did work in the city at one point. I, I met him for the first time. In, that's when he had whistleblower
2: problems and they blew him out or something, didn't they? Something like that. But something um,
0: like that. I, mean, I, I he was he was involved in politics too. He was a conservative politician for a while. He's
2: very. I mean, uh, he's, he's an intelligent. He's an intelligent guy. clearly. Um. I mean, even that day, like even bearing in mind, obviously, he's an ex-world champion and whatnot. Obviously, undefeated world champion as well. But he still, is, he's, he still has he his whiskers about him. You know, he's not he's not um didn't really seem like he'd slow down much. But uh, but yeah, I, I can't give a detailed opinion because honestly, my opinion is next to nothing. It doesn't really mean I haven't. I can't act like I've done a great. Deal of um, uh, research into it because I haven't, but the only thing I can say, thank God that Frank was okay from it because I don't know where British boxing would have been without him, you know. So, um, and but, yeah, you know, that's I, all I can really say.
0: Do you know what um, the the thing um, that's, that's very Frank Warren esque about the whole thing? was that while he was under that operating table to save his life, you know, he lost half a lung and everything, they also discovered, I think it was a cancerous tumour or potentially, they, they discovered a tumour, I believe it was, uh, incidentally, during that procedure, which apparently they, they dealt with that too, which which actually saved his life. So it is typical of Frank Warren. When somebody tries to end his life in cold blood, it ends up doing him this big favour where they find something that might have killed him had it not been detected. I mean, that is very Frank Warren. Um,
2: Do you know what? That's I why think... I have to admire him so much, man. Like, I ain't going to you, if someone has shot me and, and it was boxing-related, um, that would be way more than enough for me to walk away from this sport for good. Like, that would be way more than enough for me. Like, for him to get up, Ooh. luckily, co- come out strong and to continue still to this day, all these years on... Utmost respect for him, man. That's a true, <laughs> strong warrior, there, man, and himself. Like, yeah. I can't. I haven't got one bad word to say about him. Have, just on that alone, I have so much respect for him. Like, imagine still yes. carrying on with that, and that, that, and and whoever started that's just one person. Like, he could have that could have been in the back of his head that many more wanted to do that. But do you know what? Still to this day, he's battling it out, putting on massive shows, massive pay per views, and um, and, and 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 still competing against the other big promoters, isn't he? So,
0: yeah. It's honest of you to admit that you might have walked away a bit if it hadn't happened to you, Shane, because, you know, in the spirit of fun, some people were saying you looked a bit spooked by Joseph Parker that time. Never mind, you know, never mind like our <laughs> and the rest of
2: it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Exactly. we were talking about two completely different specimens of, of human beings here. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I've got the utmost respect for him, man. You know what? And, and with us at SJM, we've had two. Oh, well, we had Cody Davis before, but. So, two fighters currently with Frank Warren and Joe Joyce and Tommy Fletcher. And they've been great and amazing to deal with every time. And I haven't got a bad word to say about them. They're good people.
0: So, let's talk about Joe Joyce. It's always a tough call. When a a guy who's on the road to a world title shot, on the verge of a world title shot, gets derailed in that fashion inside the distance. It's a tough call when you're going to roll those dice again and go straight back in with a guy. Frank Bruno, uh, his brain trust chose not to do it when Bobo Smith famously knocked him out in 1984, um, and they rebuilt him a little bit more slowly. Uh, and then, in fact, he never fought Bobo Smith again. But I guess the modern parallel that a lot of people cite as a, as, a, as a foreboding yeah. of, of of bad, you know, karma is the David Price situation with with, with Tony Thompson yeah. when he he did choose to roll the dice and jump straight back in with his conqueror, and it didn't it didn't work out for him. How much of a tough decision has it been with Team Joyce? How, how long did it take, you know, for you guys to arrive
2: at that decision? I'll be honest, right? I'll take a while explaining this as well, because I ain't going to lie to you, man. I've been getting a lot of shit online from people who channel chatting a lot of shit and they don't know what they're talking about, right? So, yeah. listen, I respect everyone's opinion at the end of the day. It's boxing, it's a sport. Everyone's got an opinion and they're entitled to their own opinion because at the end of the day, they're either paying to watch it on TV, whether they've got a BT subscription or they bought a ticket and they put money into the show. So at the end of the day, who am I to say anything? It's like, if you watch a football, everyone's got an opinion on that as well, haven't they? If you put the money in and you're paying for it, I guess you're entitled to it. But when like I get messages from people telling me, Joe should have sparred Southwards. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to, we went to Vegas for 10 weeks. No, longer than that, 12 weeks. And we didn't spar Southwards. Is that what you think? I thought like, we sparred yeah. Southwards three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for, I don't know, seven weeks, eight weeks, whatever long it was. Yeah. Like, Top level South as well, right? Like people yeah. make uh, bullshit rumours that are not even true. Like, was yeah, Carl we're at that fault level. Shane.
0: That was Frampton's Sorry? fault. He said that was Carl Frampton's fault. He said he looked like he'd never even seen a Southport. You know, do you remember that? He, yeah, and, uh, and maybe,
2: maybe. Do like you know what? Maybe. I can kind of see why Carl Frampton would say that. Yeah, because he's saying on the outside, and and Joe Joe maybe didn't look like he'd ever seen a Southport, but like. You know, there's a lot of. I don't want to disrespect disrespect Zhang, so I'm not going to go too deep into what went wrong and and why Joe put in such a below par performance on the night. Because I want to give respect to Zhang. I I really like his team as well. The Lane brothers, um, who were his managers, are really good guys. He's trained as a, a lovely guy. Um, I think you might remember him. He used to fight back in the day. He, was, he boxed in America. Um, the Curtis George's name was. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He won the NABF title, I think, didn't he? Right. But, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I've got, got respect for him. I've got respect for Zhang as well. Zhang's an Olympic silver medalist, and, and he and he should have beaten Hegovic. I don't know anyone who gave that decision to Hegovic on that night. You know, And I, I said in the whole build-up that the risk in this fight is that Zhang hasn't got the respect that he deserves going into this fight. I, I can really fight. I can seriously punch. And for Joe, I always said, first four rounds is going to be dangerous for him. Going to be dangerous for, for him, and we have to come out fairly unscaffed out of the first four rounds. And if we get out, it would go into Joe Joyce's favour. and And I think watching it back, I think everyone, when it's such a big upset, everyone goes really harsh on the fighter, yeah.
0: um,
2: well, the, the favourite, and makes it out to boys. Joe was getting a number done on him for the first four rounds, and I'll accept that, and I'll be very honest with it. But if you watch five and six, Joe is coming into the fight as he typically does, right? And I yeah. think it's fair to say he at least won the sixth round, right? It looked like he was going to win the sixth round until it got stopped with his eye. I think that's yeah. very fair to say. If you look at the punch stats, and I know that fights are not just done off stats, I'm not, I'm not basing it off of that, but Zhang had slowed right down. He was tired and he was coming, he was coming square on and he was gassing out. And it, there's, there's not a worse heavyweight in the world to do that against than Joe Joyce, right? Yeah. So. But obviously, we didn't get to see past the sixth round because of the eye injury. And Bernice in to Zang, game plan worked and he was a better man of the night. But anything that could have gone wrong that night genuinely went wrong. And I know that it's going to sound like an excuse. I'm not going to go in detail about what it was and whatnot because he won with Zang on fair and square. And as the fight ended, he deserved to win. The fight should have been stopped because of the eye injury. And I'm totally with that. And his game plan was better than ours of the night and he got the W. So, um Fair play to him. I've got all the respect in the world for him and uh wait to hopefully see him again soon.
0: So what some people say, the reason why some people don't think it's a good move is they say with a guy like Joe Joyce, the consensus is that he has no defence. And what they ask yeah. is I agree with you to an extent that he was coming on. Joe has got a fantastic engine, he's brave as as, as fuck, and he was come he was coming on and he was starting to um to contest a bit more evenly, but the eye damage was too severe for him to continue um but people say that because he gets hit so easy and because he relies on his durability and his fantastic fitness and his strength and his power um with a guy that was outboxing him quite comfortably for four rounds as you say they ask what what yep. adjustment are you going to make with a guy of Joe Joyce's age when he has those kind yep. of defensive frailties at this stage
2: it's a fair assessment listen it's a fair assessment and i, I maybe if i was a, just a fan on the outside i'd probably be thinking the same thing but at the end of the day, people got to remember, Joe is 37 years of age. We've got him into a position we did to fight for a world of vote title, yeah? People say, why did you fight Zhang then? Right? Listen, like, what do people want? Do people want good fights or do they not? They want to, one minute they're moaning that good fighters ain't fighting each other and there's no entertaining fights. And then when they actually go in there and do it and it doesn't go their way, oh, they shouldn't fought him. I was like, well, what do you want then? At least Joe... Yeah. And he deserves a lot of credit for this. He'll go in there and fight people. He doesn't really need to be fine. He doesn't have to fight. He gets paid a lot of money to fight these people. So people understand, if you want to get paid good money, you have to be in good fights, yeah? And Joe yeah. wants to be paid good money. And Joe backs himself to beat anyone. And if you back yourself to beat anyone, you should be fighting anyone, right? That's how boxing should be. And people moan that it's not like that. Then when it is like that, and it doesn't work out, it's, it's bad, and it's bad management, and it's bad from the team. And I'm like, well, what do you want? At the end of the day, Joe is 37 years of age. If he wants to get back to winning a world title, which is his dream, it has to be Zhang. And if we don't, if we didn't rematch Zhang, how on earth are we going to get him to number one spot again? It just would not yeah. within the, three you raise the a future. Good point.
0: You raise a good point because Frank Bruno, the example I gave, he was a young man at the time and he had all the time in the Damn. world to rebuild. You've made the point. I, I think you've, I respect your logic on this that you say that we roll the dice again. He has to, he has to put this right and if he doesn't, then he doesn't go where he's supposed to go and he doesn't realise his dreams. And that's how much pressure is on
2: this. Joe's an experienced guy. Look at what he's done as an amateur. Look at what he's done up until this point as a pro, right? If we can't beat Zhang, then our ambitions of being a World of Vote champion are not realistic, are they? I'm just being real, yeah? Zhang isn't maybe the best style matchup for Joe, and I I get that, yeah? But at the end of the day, Joe is an elite-level operator as an amateur. He was starting to look like an elite-level operator as a pro, and I still, be- and I believe that he is, and I know that he is. And if we can't adapt and beat Zhang, then we were never going to be a World of champion, realistically. And I want 100% back Joe not to beat Zhang, to stop him in the rematch. And look, unbelievable doing so. And then the uh, was can say what they want. There's other people that famously took rematches instantly and won fights. Um, look at Anthony Joshua against Rees. Yeah, Rees might have been the greatest nick, but he still won the fight in the rematch and won it clear- Clearly. Look at um, uh, but Lewis. He instantly rematched um, Ratman, didn't he? So uh,
0: He did with Ratman, yeah. He completely
2: turned Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. And, like, what knocked him spark out. Like, listen, you've got to back yourself. These are fighters, man. And it's a heavyweight division. Anything can happen, man. Like, I'm not banking it off of anything gonna happen. I believe Joe... That was Joe's worst possible night that he could have possibly have ever had, yeah? And if he didn't get the iron draw, he'd have won that fight. I'm just being. I'm being real. He would have won that fight, and he was still. The way that he had started that fight was the worst he possibly could have. If he didn't get that eye injury, he would have won the fight. Joe would have came on it, strong. He would have stopped him because Zhang would have really slowed down. We know that he has engine issues anyway. Joe would have ended up stopping him, and he was too light, and um, and he had the worst game plan for the first four rounds, and he was still talk beating to him. Me
0: about him being too light. How did that come about? The the
2: the the i I'm lights. being honest. There's no real. Like we don't start a fight ever. We've never done it and said we want you to be this weight. Whatever Joe has started at and, and kind of sparred well at, we just let him get on with it weight wise because that's just what it is. The okay. reason why I believe that he came down a lot in weight was potentially the change in his SNC training that he was doing. Potentially, maybe. I think he was doing a lot more cardio stuff rather than strength, and that's. Kind of what you saw in a ring. And the difference is Joe before when he was fighting Parker was fighting maybe a not so strong heavyweight. Yeah. But like then when you're fighting someone like Zhang, that is a very big strong man. Like a very, very big strong man. Like even when you're around him, that guy is honestly huge. He's head. He's got one of the biggest heads I've ever seen in my life. I'm not joking. Yeah, He's yeah. head. When I was saw him getting his hand wrapped. Oh my God. Yeah. I only say two and a half to change the room. Right? He's got this huge head. Right? He's a very big ginormous man. His hands were so big that when we did the rules meeting his hands couldn't even fit in the gloves. We had to get new gloves. His hands <laughs> are huge. Like, he's yeah. just a very big large man and um and he's a good fighter as well. So isn't it? It's a good fight. Listen, it's what I say about people as well. You want to get paid good money. You want to put on proper fights. You have to take risk and you have to take fights like this. So and you have to back yourself to get it done in a rematch as well. Great boxing is out, I guess, saying it? So,
0: yeah, and and so yeah, and I agree with you. If fans can't criticize on the one hand that people are afraid to fight each other, then start playing, bit, you know, kind of like um, amateur businessmen on the on the other in the other hand,
2: you know. But do they want us yeah, to fight Jermaine like... Franklin? Do they want us to fight Jermaine Franklin? Do they want us to fight Dominic Brazil? What do they want us to do? Well, we go in there with live tough operators who should be undefeated, and we don't have to because we know it's going to be a good fight for the fans, and we know the public him get behind it and when it doesn't go your way oh he's shit oh he should never have fought him like, that's what annoys me Tony Bellu started doing it. I was like Bellu is criticising Joe Joyce for taking a hard fight that maybe it, it shouldn't, have, shouldn't have but maybe well he definitely didn't have to more than he's criticising people for failing multiple drug tests I'm like yeah. hold on a minute why are you not giving people like Joe Joyce credit that he, out of the whole heavyweight division he's the one that's actually going in there and fighting people and putting himself out there to fight anyone. But yeah, you want to quit now? You want to criticize him? I'm like, come on, man. Like, seriously, some people just say whatever they want.
0: When, when you mention multiple drug tests, by the way, since you mentioned it, it looks now like the um, the whole energy has recovered for the Ben Eubank Jr. fight. Eddie was saying in interviews at IFL the other day that it looks like it's, you know, nailed on for September. And Eddie says, don't want to say too much. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, but. It could possibly be in the UK. That depends how that kind of investigation resolves itself. But they definitely, I believe now that it probably will happen in September. And I also suspect maybe the board will come out with a favourable conclusion towards Ben in the not too distant future. Yeah, you know, I mean,
2: listen, I don't want to, I don't want to say any names and and dig people out. At the end of, we've got, uh, is it? yeah, we've got three fighters with Max room, again. Match and do an incredible job for them. I, couldn't, I mean I'm not just saying this because people may feel like I have to. I genuinely be in serious that they're an amazing promotional company, so professional. Yeah. Um and they're genuinely great to deal with. The whole kind of end situation, I, I can't act like I genuinely know really what's going on. I mean, all we know is that they are two fairy drug tests, and that's and that is that's just like a fact right? that that's actually happened, yeah. But um and that's obviously quite clear. How those things got into his system, I don't know. I can't act like I do know. I'm not a friend of Connor's. I'm not overly close to anyone from the Sims gym, so I don't know. Um, I've never spoken to anyone at Matchroom about it because essentially it's not my business. But uh, obviously, it's not a great look. That's the only thing I can say. It's not a great look, is it? But um, I feel like it's important, I believe it's the hearing next week or something. I think it's important that 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 whole situation is dealt with first. Just for the the good of boxing and, and you know, to, to make sure that things like this don't happen with anyone else as well. You know, it's already a dangerous enough sport as it is. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go in and start slagging people off and saying what not. I'm just making a clear point on certain people's comments that they want to slag off a fighter for taking hard fights. When he's a clean athlete, he's taking tests he doesn't need to take. Um, in, when I say tests, I don't mean uh, drugs tests, I mean as in heavyweight tests, like fights. Like yeah, fights, so he should be given credit for things like that, um, not um, not uh, spoken down about when other people are defending people that are failed drug users. So that's just my opinion. I was like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really sit well with me. It doesn't sound like people have their favourites rather than saying what their actual opinion is in situations.
0: I think the public can be fickle too. You know, I think mean, it's funny enough. Tony Ayala Junior's father had this saying that everybody makes firewood out of the fallen tree. You know, and I think it's inevitable when you get um. When you get a loss like that, and your your um, progress is is checked in that way, that you're going to get some people saying he was because you know obviously people were talking pretty high on Joyce after he did a number on Joseph Parker, you know. And myself, I think Joe, Joe was a better heavyweight than I give him credit for early doors because he was one of those guys, as far as I'm concerned, who who is actually better than he looks, you know. Because that is oh yeah yeah
2: yeah everyone says it. that. You no, know, and when everyone spars him, they're like, "Bloody hell, that like, guy can seriously fight, man. He's really talented and whatnot." It's just one of those ones. I get that always, not always on the outside. He might always be the prettiest on the eye, but as a boxing purist and whatnot. But when you're in there with him, it's a whole different story, and anyone would tell you that.
0: Let's talk about another heavyweight in in your promotional stable. I mean, he's got a massive following. He's getting a big push right now. Johnny Fisher. Um, I yeah, did yeah. see a lot of people. The last the, the fight last weekend at Wembley. Some people were blatantly yeah. accusing that guy of just taking a dive, not just but simply being a um, you know, an inept opponent and you know, um, a fragile import. Some people were just saying that was blatantly uh, fishy, if you could forgive the pun.
1: 18 plus
2: Right, yeah i, I can get that but right, people gotta remember and realize this right a lot of people just look at someone's record and make a judgment off of it and listen everyone knows that records don't always tell the whole story you can oh. get you can train a guy you can train a ham sandwich to 18 and 0 these days and no, if we you put an 18 and 0 guy in there with johnny fisher everyone would be like oh that's a good step up without even really knowing what he's he's stepping into yeah and that guy people actually look into emilio salas I'm not going to act like he's a fringe world-level guy because he's not. But if you look at him, he's beaten Golden Glove champions in the pros, yeah? yeah? He's beaten multiple undefeated guys. He's drawn in a fight that he definitely won against a guy that was an unbelievable amateur um, who had knocked out people like Brazil, who's a good amateur as well, and knocked out many other very good fighters who have done well to be a pro, in Yolte Perez. And people like that. And uh, he's he's operated at a good level. Now, I wanted Johnny to fight another Southpaw before we stepped him up. Yeah. So, he, fought, he boxed a Southpaw in his debut when it was over and around, yeah? yeah? This guy, from watching him on the outside, he had a very amateur style, and I thought he was going to give Johnny problems for four or five rounds. That was, And then I thought Johnny would get to him eventually and stop him. That was what I wanted from it. Because then I felt like, oh, we'll be ready for a title on our next fight now, and then I can really push him. Unfortunately... It didn't end that way, and I can see why, to the public's frustration, why they might say certain things, and I get it. But people also need to remember, Johnny Fisher has had hardly any amateur fights. He hasn't been boxing that long. It's not his fault that people put him chief support, yeah? It's not his fault that he has a large fan base. It's not his fault that people want to watch him fight, yeah? That doesn't mean, because of that who should be fighting British-level guys? People need to remember this, yeah? We're trying yeah. to make someone, not break someone. He's a young man. He's only 23 years of age. He's got his whole life ahead of him, career ahead of him. And he's going to fight for a title in his next fight. Yeah? People just need to get off of him a little bit. Like, he has stepped up more than Tommy Welch. And Tommy Welch had, had a, quite an extensive amateur career, and he's older than him. Why don't people give him shit? You know? Sorry? Scott Welsh's son? Yeah, yeah, Scott Welch's son, Tommy Welch. Yeah? He's eleven and oh, yeah. he ain't boxed anyone or fought anyone. Like, Charlie's stepped up way more than the air. Yeah. No one said about him. It's just cause he's got a large profile. And maybe he goes about his business in a different way and, and whatnot. And he's got a big fan base that they want to give give him sick. But a lot of these people aren't actually looking into what they're giving him sick about. Yeah. Look, his trainer, and I know you've got a very good relationship with Mark Tibbs, yeah. very well-respected man. Mark Tibbs would not train someone he didn't believe could go on and do very well in the game. It's not the way Mark Tibbs runs. It's not the way Jimmy Tibbs works. Yeah. And um, we're stepping him up in agreement. Me, Jimmy, Mark, obviously the matchmaker at um, Matchroom, in the way that we feel like he was ready to go for. And now moving forward, we believe he's ready for titles.
0: Yeah, so, when you when you say he's fighting for a title in, in his next um, fight, what, what are we talking about specifically?
2: Uh, well, so we're looking at, um, at the moment, the, so it's a bit of a conflict of interest in, me in a minute because I've got the English heavyweight champion as well in yeah. Seoul Daycres and it's with no interest in mind of making two Australian fighters fight each other. So, yeah. um, so for now, that title is held up with Seoul and I'm not sure what Seoul if Sol's going to be defending that next or not. And we're currently working on his next fight at the moment. But um, I think Johnny is very much made for the traditional route. He's a very traditional man. He's more of a very traditional... And I think the way that we can step him up would be like the Billy Joe Saunders way. Southern area, English, British, Commonwealth, European. Yeah. Let's see how far we can go with him. Let's just see. But um, Martin didn't even tell you himself how much that guy improved. If you went down to the gym and watched him spar against world-level operators, against European-level operators, British-level operators, you'd be very surprised.
0: And do you know what? I need to do that soon because I've not seen Jimmy or Mark for a little while. not been in that. I've been in the gym a couple of times and I've not been for a couple of years. So I'm due a visit down there. So I'll... um... We'll, we'll we'll correspond sometime and have a coffee down there. because yeah, we'll, yeah. uh, you know sometimes it is different when you see these guys in the gym and you see what what's actually happening a, a little closer. Yeah, he puts a
2: hard working man. He's one of the hardest trainers I've ever seen in my life. Like he knows that he's got a lot to work on. He knows that there's a lot to do. He what he's been trying to do, and this wasn't on because he was showing it in that last fight, was transitioning what he was doing in sparring into the ring. Because his lack of experience, he's struggling to do that um, completely. Until he was starting to show in his last fight. He wasn't looking for the KO. He was trying to set him up. He was setting traps. He was fainting him a bit more. But um unfortunately fighting in the first round. So we didn't get to see too much of it. But um but we will see, honestly, Johnny's really exciting. I'm so proud of how much he's um developed and, and brought himself on. He's doing incredibly well. And I can't wait to see um to see more of him, to be honest, and the fans are getting behind him. Yet people are going to give him sick. When you're fighting at that level with that much publicity, you're going to get stick no matter what you do, anyway. But we know yeah. what. I'll just step up. We know when he's ready, it's, and we're the ones that are seeing him in the gym every day, not the people that are just watching him for the two minutes he's in the ring on fight night. But um, but he will be stepping up very shortly, so people will be a bit happier with his future fights, I'm sure. Uh, th-
0: no, I take it you saw Fraser Clark the other night, and um. Were yep. Probably
2: not completely um blown away by that performance either. No, so Fraser actually made some negative comments on an interview about me and Adam after the uh Joyce fight, and, and we had we had spoken since then and uh sorted out those things that he had said. But um you know what? I like Fraser Clark, man, he's a good bloke, uh good amateur. I mean he hasn't set the world light. He's a lot as to prove I'm being honest. I think. I just think the blueprint for Fraser Clark to get onto the world scene has been set by Joe Joyce. When you turn over pro late, you need to be fighting for the Commonwealth title, or etc. In your first three or four fights, if you back yourself yeah. and you believe you're that good, then you should be doing that early on. Why has he been fighting all these random? On his debut, he boxed that guy who they found in the crowd or something, wasn't it? Like that random bloke. Yeah. Then he fought. Then he fought someone else. I can't remember who the other guy was. Then he fought that guy that looked like a light heavyweight. And then he fought um, Sokolowski, which, okay, fair enough. Got the rounds in against him. Um, and then he fought, was it, Bob Dandinu? And then he fought Mariusz at 43 years of age, who hasn't won a fight in four years. And, uh, and it, it didn't really set the world alight in all fairness, did it? But, um, it's been That's a bit a of a strange football. one so far. And then you had the whole Fabio Wardley situation, but, I just find it all a bit strange and what's going on at the moment. But, Cox a very good fire. I think he would do well in the game against certain opponents. There are definitely some subtles that don't work for him. I think he, he looked really tired against whack didn't he? After the first three rounds, I thought, oh, he's gonna get him out of here. I thought he's really gonna stop Wack early. Then after three four rounds, he started to look really tired. And he looked, ran out of ideas, defense. didn't he? he? ran out of ideas.
0: I think so. In his defense, a lot of people, including himself, were talking about
2: how swelteringly hot it is in July in the York
0: Hall, you know. But um yeah, it is.
2: Oh my god, it. I was in there the week, week before with Tommy Fletcher. I have never I've been to shows in Mexico, in open air rings, and everything. I've never been somewhere where it's so hot in my life. Oh my god. It's that uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable being in there. I don't, I don't know what they've done. I don't know if they've left a the heating on in that place or something, but bloody hell, that yeah. week go was a horrible man.
0: The thing about Fraser Clark, which I wonder sometimes if somebody ultimately has the mentality to be a world beater in the pro game, is when he said he basically said thanks to my team for not putting me in with Fabio Wardley. Thanks, you know, to, to Ben Shalom and thanks to Sky for not doing that because yeah. I don't think I've beaten him tonight. Look, I've still got a lot to learn. He pretty much said that. He said that was a good call, which I think when fighters are prepared to calculate their own limits like, like that, a bit like somebody talking about their own, you know, their game of green Bowls not being as where it really ought to be. You, you wonder whether they've made of that stuff. even Because I think... Great fighters, not suggesting that you know that the club was ever going to be in that kind of territory, but I think great fighters need to be a little bit delusional in some ways as well. You know, they need to have a capacity for self delusion.
2: I, I don't understand fight that fight. Though, when he thanking his team, did his team not make an offer the day before the purse? for Fabio Woodley to fight Fraser, yeah,
0: they, I mean, they, it then,
2: was... I don't know what they're thanking the teams about because they were trying to fight him anyway, weren't they?
0: Well, yeah, and, and the reason why, right? They didn't. They didn't want to. They withdrew when it looked like um, the the Metrum were going to win the post pitch, right?
2: Hmm. I mean, yeah. who knows? And again, this is one of these things. You hear different things from people, don't you? You never really know what to believe in boxing sometimes. But I just find it strange when someone says that when they did make an offer the night before to have the fight. So you know, what was it? if he accepted that offer, the fight would have been on, wouldn't it? So then, then there wouldn't have been much to thank, would there? So, but. Um, yeah, I don't know who knows, but like, I like Fraser and I really hope he can go on to the big things in the heavyweight division. I mean, when he gets, if he does get to that level, um, it would be people that are like Johnny Fisher and Sold Acres and well, people like Jalilov. he's a bit of a scary South boy, isn't he? And then uh, yeah. and, uh, Philip Herg, which should still be around, and those kind of guys. So it'd be an interesting time with the heavyweight division in the future. A lot of guys coming through that look quite tidy. So Oh, Jared Anderson as well. Um, it'll be quite interesting to see how what it is like when they get there, but it's not gonna be easy for sure. I mean, there's a lot of lot of good young names coming through.
0: I, I know that you were always used to be supportive, you know, um, an advocate of Tyson Fury over the years. I know you interviewed him yeah. several times in your previous incarnation as a young journalist. But I get the impression I get the impression Fury is becoming one of the more Unpopular world heavyweight champions in recent memory. Certainly, in this country, there's been a big backlash against him. And I saw a few of your interviews during the period when Joe, when Joe was still undefeated, when you expressed your frustrations at Fury's attitude into, to to fight Joe Joyce and other and other meaningful challenges. And generally, it, it feels like Fury, that the, the act has lost its charm. That you gap tooth dosser, this and that, and the other. And you know, and he's going to fight jo- John Jones and and uh, Francis Ngannou
2: on the same night because they're both a pair of bugs. My my problem but- with Tyson Fury starts before it's even Tyson Fury. People like his dad. I just I just don't understand what he's doing. Like he has he talks on his behalf all the time. I feel like John Fury. And it, listen, I could be wrong. I'm just just my personal opinion. I think he wants to train Tyson Fury full time or something. Because why does he slag off every trainer he gets? And every trainer that he stags off has actually done a good job of Tyson Fury. Ben Davison done a good job of Tyson Fury, stagged him off. Yeah. Um Sugar Hill so far, he's not put a foot wrong with Tyson Fury, stags him yeah. off. And I'm like, yeah. what and maybe anyone can train him. T- maybe they can. I don't know. I don't know, but maybe they can. Obviously, he's an exceptionally talented fighter. He's got an exceptional boxing brain. He's been around the sport since he was a kid. So I can imagine he could probably do a fair bit on his own, going off of that. But yeah. like but why is it him? Why is he breaking relationships in his son's camp all the time? What's it even got to do with him, whether it's to right training for his son or not? It's got nothing to do with him. He's just trying to break relationships all the time and threatening people all the time and never actually acts up on it either. I just was feel he like he needs to grow up. He bit the other
0: day? Was he threatening Yeah, but he always he says
2: stuff like this and never actually acts on it. Remember when he said it to Frampton and then he said it about her and then he said, Remember when he said it all about Mike Tyson and met him and shaking his hands and how much of an idol he was. Like, and yeah. know, you're saying it like Lennox Lewis and that. Like, come on, man. Like, I just don't, I just don't, I don't get it, man. Listen, at the end of the day, I just, I just feel like this is your son's time, not yours. Why are you jumping in front of a camera and making all these wild. If you cared about your son's career, I think these are conversations you should be having in private. If you feel like you want, you want to give your son some advice and you're caring for him, you, you invite him around your house for a cup of tea and you speak about, some get some things off your chest and work out how his camps can be better and then see what he says. I don't think doing interviews flagging off his current trainers who he's still trained by um, yeah. is the right way to move about, even just out of respect. He shouldn't be doing that. Should a good guy, you know. And, and what has it got to do with Tyson Fury? What the Lawrence Cody performance is like? So, yeah. you know, what does it what should, it, should have Vladimir Klitschko left Emmanuel Stewart if Emmanuel Stewart had a poor performance? Or one of his father poor problems with someone else. It's not really how it works, is it? Like at the end of the day he's doing good by him and they're doing good together and they've looked pretty devastating since Sugar Hill was on board, in my opinion, like the KOs he's been getting and whatnot. So, um, I just find it a strange comments. I think it, certain things should be like I don't see why he's getting involved in it so much. But there's an each to their own, that's his dad, he loves him very much. Maybe he's just passionate about him and he gets upset about certain things. Maybe that's what it is, but I just think things like that are damaging. And I think where Tyson Fury's name is already um, getting dragged through mud uh, <laughs> quite often, I feel like this is a time you should be trying to lift that back up, not keep putting it back down. And then slagging off the fans and that as well. I mean, it's not really going to get them back on the side, is it?
0: He said the public's deft anyway. I think Ethan Pickering just got on here and mentioned that he's... basically The problem
2: in- is, right, not everyone can be wrong, Yeah. Not yeah. everyone can be wrong. Usyk's still fighting people all the time, yeah? yeah. Usyk's still doing fights with Frank Warren Fires as well. Like you, He didn't want to fight Anthony Joshua in December 17th because he was going to fight in February, yeah? We are now yeah. in June and he still hasn't fought anyone. Like is this, he's, the one, he's the only one that's not making big fights. He's Tyson Fury. He should be able to fight anyone in the world, no problem. Yeah. like I mean, He, he has in Joe the Johnson's same promotional outfit with him and he had no interest in making the fight. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, people crack on. But British boxing fans are not stupid. They're some of the most intelligent boxing fans in all. They know when there's a good fight and when there's not. They know when someone wants to fight and when they don't. And at the end of the day, Tyson Fury in the last year has fought Derek Chisora and Derek Chisora only. And that is simply not good enough for a guy who's been fully fit for over a year and a half.
0: Absolutely. You know, and and I think people ultimately lose interest in all this back and forth and talking of percentages and rematch clauses. And at the end of the day, all they really care about is they want to see good fights, like you say. They want to see, you know. Hey, I
2: want listen. Even oh. when even when Joyce was undefeated and wanted to fight Fury, and he still wants to fight Fury, by the way. Joyce wanted to see Usyk Fury. Like everyone wants to see these fights, and it's important for boxing that these fights are getting made. Like wherever it is, I don't care if it's in Saudi Arabia, wherever it is, it's important that the fights are getting made. Like. I don't want to watch um, Usyk fight some other random guy. I don't want to watch Fury fight some random guy. I don't want to watch Joshua fight some random bloke. I don't want to watch Dylan White fight someone. I want to see them all in good fights. That's what you'll pay your money to see. And why have you worked your way up to be world champion and whatnot so then not fight top guys? That's what the way boxing should be. I, and that's why I don't understand why Joe gets criticism. He's never been a world heavyweight champion, and he's, got a, he's been having harder fights than all of the world champions. Yeah. Like, so what are people talking about at the end of the day? Like, it's a load of rubbish, in my opinion. Sorry.
0: One thing I never understood fully, by the way, I never really understood the situation. Uh, that might, it would be interesting for me to know. I don't know about anybody else. But what happened with, with Sam Jones? Uh, I understood he was obviously very much part of the Joe Joyce managerial team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually understood that your entry into s was based on... A, I thought it was based on a relationship with Sam, although that might be wrong. But... um. And then yeah. the next, I went to the premiere of Joe's uh, the film about his mother, which is a wonderful documentary. And his, yeah, his yeah. mum's a really a really cool lady as well. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, lovely um, lady, my boys. And um, and I spoke to one of the relatives before when everybody was having their kind of you know drinks before they walk into the cinema, and I mentioned Sam Jones, and she said, "Oh no, not anymore. That's all. That's all changed." And I never really understood how that came about. I don't know if you could you could bring me up to speed with that.
2: So, yeah, um, I came in originally, uh, knew Sam well, um, knew Adam well as well, knew Adam from David Haydays, yeah. um, And uh, they needed some help because uh, s grew quite rapidly within the first year. Signed some very talented fighters and big names. And Adam owns a very big law firm, so he can't give 100% of his time to boxing, so needed an extra pair of hands. And at the time... I'm still, I'm still young, but I mean, I was even younger then. Um, yeah. And I we had uh, time... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I was ambitious. And, I, and I, the management game looked really interesting to me. And um, uh, I got offered a great opportunity to come on board, so I did. And then I worked closely with them all every day, closely with all the fighters as well. Then an opportunity came for Sam Jones to join at the time, which was Probellum.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and Probellum... So he had a full time role there, so it meant that he had to give up his role at Estram, yeah. which I then replaced him. Uh, yeah, as in his role, and then now he's managing his own fighters and doing his own thing. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's not really it's not that complicated or that much to it really. That's that happened.
0: Okay, and obviously the thing with I mean I've been following the kind of the Daniel Kilian story. Um, which seems to have gone quiet lately. Obviously, that all that all came to a head. I think it was. Was it only last year? Was it last year when the the, the sanctions were made by the US? Yeah, Province? I remember.
2: Yeah, it, that stuff came out about a year ago, i was there, maybe.
0: And the whole the the whole uh, narrative was that the net was tightening and the game was up. But it, I'm not sure where where that situation is at at, at the minute. Um, it doesn't appear to have concluded quite in the dramatic fashion. That the, the the law enforcement agencies were predicting um but um i do i do know as far as i can recall you were uh often spoke in favor of, of dk and the former mtk and the whole setup and had nothing but good experiences with 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 element
2: uh if i'm being honest like i had never uh spoken or really or dealt with him in my life to be honest with you but um all i could ever go off of what people that i um were close and friends of and still close and friends with, with say, um, positive things about him and I mean looking on the outside this is a boxing fan I mean boxers were getting treated well and were getting paid properly so on the outside it just seemed to look like a great thing didn't it you know um, I can't really comment on the other stuff that's happened because if I'm being honest I'm not really clued up with it I haven't watched much it. I haven't read much you see stuff online and you take it with a pinch of salt because you don't really know the full story. Um and that's as far as it is really. I I don't know what I don't know what the update is on it. I don't know how it's going on right now. I have absolutely no idea, but um but yeah, that's that's as far as I stand on it. I mean a lot of people I liked and a lot of people I know said good things. So and I take their word for it because I know them. But um I don't never met him one no I don't know him personally. So um and I'm not sure what he's actually been charged for or what well, has happened I don't now. Well,
0: do not charged with anything. I think the sanction, the way the sanction works, is slightly different. I told us, I'd never really heard of that situation before. The day it broke. Is it very it, much an
2: American yeah. thing? I don't think that really happens in the UK, does it?
0: I don't think so, no. I don't think so. I think when they they did obviously put a price on somebody's head and then they, they offer some massive, exorbitant reward for information, leading to the to conviction of
2: said persons, you know.
0: Um, it is an interesting thing, uh, you know, to follow, and it is interesting, the relationship with boxing. No, anything I can about- say is,
2: like, I know loads of fighters that were under his banners and whatnot, and that all they could ever say was the best things about him and that they it's were a- earning career best money. And what and what do you want for fighters? You want them to earn career best money, and you want them to be happy, and you want them to be well, don't you? So that's all I could ever, that's all I could ever make of it. I, that's all I ever had so that's if, if I did ever say positive things I'm probably sure I did um because that's all I'd ever heard then that's why isn't it I mean what at the time you don't know any better do you so you just think well that's good and that's good for boxing if people are getting paid properly and the big fights getting made um yes. and and then since then I don't know anything because I, I, I simply have never i said there's no ever been any communication I haven't seen many news articles I don't know if there have been many I don't Type his name in and like try and find out stuff. I don't know. I haven't seen anything, so um, I'm not overly too sure what's going on with it. But uh, uh but yeah.
0: there's a possibility. I was putting words in your mouth anyway, talking about being an advocate or
2: supportive
0: because I know obviously. Uh, yeah, I no. Honestly,
2: I, d- have- I don't even remember, man. I can't even lie to you. Like with all this stuff that goes on boxing, I can't even remember what happened last week at times, man. But um, but uh, well, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm unsure really. In closing.
0: Sorry? You've been very honest about the, the, the uh, reasons for Joe Joyce going straight back in with Zile Zhang. If yeah. the worst comes to the worst and he loses again, without controversy, is it all over?
2: I mean, it all depends on the way you lose as well, doesn't it? Um You know, I mean, like, I don't ever want to, like, create bad fate and whatnot, so like but it's not always about just losing it's about how you lose you know no one wants to to be getting ironed out cold and being in bad ko's or stretches and things like that you know health is paramount and whatnot but if you're always in good competitive fights right through to the end there's always a market of people and being a heavyweight is always gonna be a market and there's always gonna be people that want to watch you i mean look at derek zora i mean he's made he's made a career out of losing fights but being in in, 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 in entertaining ones so um, even the ones that he's lost clearly so yeah, um, there's always a market there but I'm not even thinking about it to be honest with you I have to be completely honest I'm going to go to Vegas of him at the end of next week I believe no so we're going into a new week it's the end of the week after that um, we're going to go back to Vegas and Get on with the training camp and I'm going in there with a mind that 100% there's no way we're going to lose this fight. That's what you have to do. We feed off of each other's energy and whatnot. We live together and we have to support and back each other. Move. We're going to have to create a good game plan to um, get the W. Well,
0: um, one thing I will say is Joe is, is, is a lovely guy. You know, he's, he's through and through. He's just a lovely person from a beautiful family. Uh, I it's, think it's impossible to, to dislike Joe Joyce, the, the, the man. Um, and um, I appreciate you coming on. I, I wish you all the best of luck in um, when you're going to the eye of the storm again. So, so I hope everything goes well. And from a personal point, Shane, it's been good to see your progress in the fight. I remember when you were just a young whippersnapper from PBS Sports, you know, doing your thing at yeah. press conferences. Now you're a mover and a shaker. And I know it's not just me who has to interview you, so thanks for coming on, and we will speak to you soon.
2: Thanks, you can, man. You Take care, and have a rest of yeah. weekend, man.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thanks all. We're um, lucky.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?